0: Hello, I'm Dave Feinlieb and this is Beyond the Shelf. This show is an open exploration of the people and process behind e-commerce. Through conversations with innovators in the space, we learn the stories of these leaders and their strategies for e-commerce success. You can join our mailing list and learn more about how we can help you create images, videos, display ads and product descriptions, At itsrapid.ai. My guests on today's show are Adrian Prast, Manager of Digital Content at BIC, and Chris Perry, Chief Learning Officer at First Mover. On this Beyond the Shelf episode, we have a special edition of our Fresh Content Friday series where we discuss content best practices with leaders in space. Our conversation today focuses on global opportunities and seasonal content. Please enjoy my conversation with Adrian and Chris. Okay, well, this will be a fun one here. So welcome to uh, Fresh Content Fridays. Or I should say welcome back to Fresh Content Fridays. I'm Dave Finley, your host and founder and CEO of It's Rapid, and I am really excited to have Adrian Prask, Manager of Digital Content at Vic, and Chris Perry, Chief Learning Officer at First Mover on the show. Thanks for being here, and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, thank you. Excited to be here.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's do it. So we're going to get to some really uh, exciting and interesting content. We were riffing before the show about the dynamics and the ins and outs of these product detail pages, but we're going to spend just a few minutes here talking about global strategies, seasonal, of course, with back to school and talking about really what makes these, uh, makes content great and some of the, Strategies and tactics that we're uh, seeing uh, being put to work. So, without further ado, uh, let's get started. Adrian, maybe you could kick us off here by sharing a little about your your background and your role at BIC.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um. So currently, my role at BIC, I manage all global content for our digital center of excellence um, for both e-commerce and digital content, and. As far as a background goes, it's all over the place. Um, Started at Michigan State in interior design at an architecture firm. Then the recession hit, went into event marketing, and COVID hit, and here I am at BIC. So an exciting array of different types of experiences that have all lent nicely to this exciting adventure.
0: I love it. And Chris, welcome back. Great to be seeing you again. Tell us about what
2: you're up to at First Mover. Yeah, so no, uh, many of you out there may have attended one of our events where we, we like to consider ourselves at First Mover a satellite center of excellence that can orbit other awesome centers of excellence, whether they're a formal or, or un- informal at different CPGs, um, but we do our industry events and we're always excited to have you, Dave, at our, at our events. Um, we do a lot of custom trainings on everything under the sun within Omni and ecom and content. Um, And then we do a lot of consulting, temp services, things to help teams who may not have the resources um, or or all the expertise in-house. And we're always trying to help wherever we can plug in. But I, having been a brand manager before volunteering as tribute into e-commerce 13 years ago, love content so very much. And even like, I I don't want to admit it, but in the very early days, I was like using Photoshop and PowerPoint to make some of the, the images that we had to get because we couldn't. Afford the images from the traditional agencies that were just doing this as like an ad hoc reactive thing that we were asking for in the early days, so I, I have a lot of love for this and actually work very closely with a lot of brands trying to help both in workshops and whatnot to like how do we take our content to the next level? So I love Bic has some great content, so I know we're going to dig into a little bit, but um, so so I don't want to over overstroke uh, Adrian's ego here, but' some oh, really sorry. cool stuff to look at <laughs> um, but but um but always looking for how, what like what's next because there's always a next. Chris I find in this
0: world there's never enough positive feedback so I think you should you should bring it on so sure, no, no. yeah yeah I'm uh, I'm right there well great well great so great uh, and uh, having a variety of background experiences I think lends itself really well to this uh, creative side and building out the content and uh, Adrian maybe we can start on that note and uh, before we dive into the content itself I know BIC is a very global organization and certainly a marketing powerhouse. Would love to hear about how you're thinking about e-com marketing strategically and, and especially globally, seasonal, so much going on.
1: Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah, you totally nailed it, Dave, with us being a global company it's and myself managing the content for our digital center of excellence for the company. It's really about centralizing our content creation through the center of excellence to make sure that we're ensuring continuity of branding and messaging globally. And with that, being able to share best practices, both from a global level, but also from you know listening to our regional leads in marketing and e-commerce to make sure that we're learning from each other to level up our content.
0: And if I have it right, BIC products are sold in more than 160 countries around the world. Now, how do you think about, you know, you've got different time zones, you've got different languages, you've got different products in market. How does that work? You know, how do you bring all those folks and, and teams together?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, with having the Digital Center of Excellence, it's really been a nice umbrella to bring all of the different regional e-commerce and marketing leads together and facilitate that conversation about, you know, not only content, but obviously beyond, and to make sure that we're continuing to share that information. And I think working with our trusted partners that we have, such as First Mover, who, um, you know, Chris, we've worked with you for a few years now, and we're always learning great things from your master classes. And we, you know, we really make sure that we leverage these partnerships to continue to grow and influence our content in the e-retail space.
2: And
0: Chris, talk to us about this Center of Excellence idea here. How does that work when you've You've got a large organization you're kind of plugging in if you will and how do you how do what are you seeing from uh from leading brands like like BIC, but uh, as well as others that you work with
2: no no for sure well so there there are a lot of organizations that have formal centers of excellence and like I said we try to plug into that because even they often don't have all the resources they want and they're often they're being not i don't want to use the word tax but they're being um, tapped is a better word for lots of help and support because they are experts in all these areas um, and often get kind of overrun. So it, it's always nice where we where we can plug in. But what what's what I see whether whether somebody has a formal team or or not, um, some of the best practices I've seen from global is definitely coming co- like formalizing guidelines. Right, so there are best practices that are globally relevant. Even before you get into the local nuances and languages and certain platforms and retailer sites and all those nuances, but we you do want to establish those and then provide the trainings internally, externally that help educate everybody to be dangerous. But the part that I've seen a lot of organizations doing that I'm always surprised when people seem surprised by the value, but it's like the community of practice meetings where it's not necessarily formally a training; it's it's just a share out of cases, right? Where but what's so funny is like, oh my gosh, we do that over there? And you're like, yeah, like, have you, did you even know this person? Like, and I realized we're such big companies. A lot of us that we don't know the person in Singapore, right? Or we don't know the person in, you know, the Middle East who's heading up free markets and tested and learned. Or we don't know how the team in Australia is able to flip around content in two days when it takes us through two months, right? But it's that, it's like, it's that sharing where something's like, that piques your interest, shows the same cases you're going through, but lets you offer up help, lets you see something that, and and honestly, it's just that like, I almost feel like you have to collide the atoms more often to get that growth. And so I, I, I like to help, I love facilitating those because I've, I've just done some trainings recently where the team, like people who are not experts came up with these awesome ideas. And you're like, where where have you been? Like, you know, even tapping the non-ecom experts into the, getting them into the fold. So I just think, it, but it does take time and intentional facilitating of those kinds of experiences. And a lot of companies either don't have the means to set that up as easily or they haven't thought to set that up. But those have undoubtedly like accelerated teams because suddenly one team in one part of the world has sped up a whole other side of it.
0: You can get that epiphany from, uh, from, the, from those ad hoc moments. It's so great.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. And one other thing that, that I was thinking when you were um speaking about the the way of sharing is that it also from a digital perspective or from a global perspective, I'm able to say like, oh, I see these really amazing Latin America um assets that we have that we also sell this product in another country. If we simply just changed X, Y, and Z, we can adapt it and potentially use it in other regions. So we're, you know. We already have content that we're using that's great, and just with small adaptations, we can use it in other countries.
0: Well, I can't think of a better segue than to talk about regional content, and uh, with you being in 160 countries, how does content vary by region? Obviously, there's language. Uh, You know, we we can see that, but what are what are some of the other dynamics that you've got to think about in these these regions and these uh, when you're thinking about content?
1: Sure. Great question, Dave. You know, at BIC, we're really focused on putting the consumer first and at the center of everything that we do and making sure that we adapt our content to each region specifically or even to each country is really critical to making sure that we're continuing to do so. And whether it's, you know, like you said, language is the obvious one, but some products have different claims in different countries, as well as making sure that our copy is optimized for search in those specific countries and those languages, and making sure that we're always in line with the consumer expectations in that market, making sure that we capture all the differences from country to country, region to region within our content.
0: Love it. And we're going to take a look at an, an, an example of that in French and uh, in just a little bit. Before I take us there, back to school, it's upon us. It's one of the biggest opportunities for BIC, obviously. But also, if we look at the numbers for many brands and retailers, um, would love to hear how you're thinking about back to school, And how does that fit into kind of your your strategy for the whole year?
1: Yeah, of course. I think this year, as for the digital COE, we're really focused on how do we create content for drive periods globally that is quick so we can be nimble and make sure that we're applying this content quickly and easily to our PDPs and We've really found that the way to keep communication flowing between our global team and also our regional teams is through, we have a project management platform called ClickUp. And within that platform, we have anybody within BIC can submit a brief to ask for content and they're immediately connected with the the digital COE as well as all of our agency partners that will create the content. So from beginning to end, we're hoping that that's a really quick way to get them content for their drive period. So whether it's back to school or holiday, we're saying, like, let's keep our content fresh and exciting and keep it going throughout the course of the year.
0: And I've often wondered, you have, you know, as a parent, I have these associations with the products I used and I was familiar with when I was a kid. I see our kids, they have products already, right? And, you know, our son's in kindergarten this year. He's got already a set of products he's thinking about. And then you've got the the teachers and our educators. And so, Chris, how do we think about, you know, pulling those different audiences together when we're, you know, we're when when we're trying to speak to many different audiences?
2: So that's that's a great question. And actually, some of it sometimes I, I would have to say that the challenge is you're gonna to have to make some strategic like strategies, partly what you do, but also what you don't do, right? And so like, and what I'd say is I think unfortunately a lot of SKUs are designed on their product pages and in the media to speak to anyone and everyone that it possibly can hit. And so I'm being silly, but like when I see a beauty product that is speaking to me, you're not, I promise you. It's too good. It, I'm, I'm joking, but it's it's too late for me. Okay. But no, but the problem is like the brand, like the brand's trying to talk to anyone because they don't want to exclude anyone. And, I, and And I think when I use exclude, I don't mean like biased exclusion. I mean like You don't want to leave anyone out. Well, like do, because not everybody wants your product, right? And you want a very specific audience. And by not talking to those people, visually, textually, you miss them. And so now the problem is on one product page, you might not be able to talk to everyone the same way. Is there a chance, even though it might add proliferation to create another product, right? That maybe it's the same thing, but it's framed a little. that, That takes a little more pipeline development. Or is it a bundle, right? Or is it something where you... And it could be virtual bundles. We were talking about this just before our our, our session here. There might be a way to frame it so you're not actually creating completely net new innovation because it's the same product that's just being used or or applied a little bit differently by three different audiences in this back to school example. How do you show up to each of those appropriately? And unfortunately, you don't want three PDPs necessarily, maybe down the road, for the same person, like different people, but maybe you have to have three different products with three different PDPs for different.
0: Adrian. thoughts? I know, I think we're going to talk about bundles here in just a second.
1: Yeah, before we do, there are a few different programs at BIC that really tie into how we are working to connect to all of those different, you know, teachers, parents, and students. And there's two different programs that we're currently working on and involved in, and they're up and running. And so we have one that is called Because We Care, Because We Care provides resources for teachers uh, to the classroom, and it's a great way to promote discussion around how parents can support their teachers and how to create that two-way relationship. And the Classroom Crate that we are working on is a subscription that teachers can participate in with BIC products, and BIC donates one crate for every 10 subscriptions that's purchased. Um, So when we do work that supports the community communities naturally, make sure that, you know, we provide the content and the support for them as well.
0: We love it. So not just the product on the PDP, but also a way to share back to the uh, the community, which I think is uh, yeah. Yeah, near course. and dear to all of our hearts. So really great initiatives here. Well, I want to bring us to the visual aspect of our day today and uh, hopefully we can talk a little about global, we can talk a little about seasonal, and perhaps riff a little bit on some of our uh, product pages. So Adrian was kind enough to share some products with us that we're going to take a look at, and I think we're going to start with French here. Now, my French is a little rusty, so I'm hoping you can help me out here and uh, Tell us what we're what we're looking at, and uh, you know what we're seeing on the page.
1: Sure, this is a seasonal bundle for geometry, and it includes a lot of different products that really resonate well together in a bundle to support fully this. Specific type of student we have for this content. What we've done is we've localized it to each country that supplies it. And again, like you, you mentioned, Dave, this is for France. Uh, but we also created this content across, I think, five different languages.
0: Wow, I love it. And and how does that work? Talk to us a little about that. Do you start in one language and then you kind of do translations, or what's what's the approach? At least at least today. I know we're working on some things together for global content, but how has it work from a, a practical perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll create it in English and then translate it to all the countries that all the languages that require the content. There is a little bit of, um, you know, we try to create some assets that we can without copy. Like the video that's within this carousel is one that we were able to repurpose across any country that would sell the bundle because it doesn't have localized copy within it but making sure that we're still including as much copy as we can in some of those other PDP images to really speak to each country's specific consumer.
0: Yeah, this is great. Chris, I know we've looked at, uh, gosh, we've looked at a lot of content together, everything from on page to AI generated. What, uh, you know, you've seen so much in terms of different content strategies, what stands out for you here? What do you, what do you like? And, uh, what what do you
2: think about kind of the
0: the visuals and the story that we're we're communicating or we're seeing communicated?
2: No, well, well, this kind of plays very nicely into what 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 we were just talking about. Like this is obviously in this instance, it's a bundle of products that are individually available and could be relevant to many people. I mean, obviously, still some somebody who needs something for for a, a geometric initiative, but. But, but this bundle of things put together and then tailored in content specifically to this audience makes for this to be very tailored, very nicely targeted to, not just in content, but with the media that complements it or the paid search that complements it, or again included in those in other programs that are being leveraged for teachers or whatever this is being targeted to. Very thoughtful there. I, I love that the video focuses on the product itself. I do see a lot of brands who put their like brand videos, you know, it's a merchandising video. And then I, I also love that each product, um, I've seen a few bundles where like the content almost is like 80% the lead product of the bundle and none of the other ones get any love. And this one tells a very nice story, gives, gives a role for each of these. The last thing that I do love is that the story in the bottom represents the story at the top. There are some brands that have different stories happening. So it's like, if I watch the carrot, if I look at the carousel of enhanced images, I see one thing. And when I go down to my enhanced page, I see something slightly different. You should go deeper when you scroll down, but it should still be the same. The story is the same it's a matter of additional info I'm adding. So I really like the way this does that.
0: This is great. This is really nice. So, um, uh, we love this content really, uh, We'd say this is uh, on our fresh content Fridays. We'll say that we'll, we'll give this the uh, the fresh uh, award here. So we uh, we love this one. And here we've got another great lineup. Tell us what we're looking at here.
1: Yeah, this is a North American SKU. and we have colored mechanical colored pencils, a box of sixty. And what I wanted to share with this one is the very specific content towards back to school. In the carousel, we have. Very clear uh, kids using it for in a school scenario, um, whether it's taking notes, you can see, or I think in the next one, we have um, standardized tests showing the capability of the product for that use case. And these are the types of assets that we're looking to, you know, quickly adapt for any product that we would be considering for back to school to, you know, just add it to the carousel to make sure that it's in the consideration set when, you know, parents, students, and teachers are shopping.
0: Yeah, it's great. And Chris, I don't know if you're noticing this as well, but we often see these images and when you don't see it, you don't notice it, but these are super clear. They really catch the eye. So I find them to be very visually appealing when you're, when you're looking at the page.
2: Oh, for sure. And and what I love about these two, and there's kind of this, like, I use this in training, but it's, it's, shoppers are kind of and this is why tailoring it to specific audiences wherever you can but even a few different audiences is important but people are usually they're looking at they're answering these quick questions when they look at a product in their contents what is it is it for me does it work and then why is it better than the alternatives like what why why should i buy this one and then also all the other things you could buy and so what i love about this is you know it, it's saying you know if you scroll back to those images um david you know they, they've got you've got um, you've got ones in each one, it kind of calls out for, for whoever you are, this is for you. It answers the second question immediately. Um, and, and I also love the the, the the thing about standardized tests, undoubtedly, whether on, on this page or not, Amazon Q&A often would have highlighted people saying, Am I, would this work for, like, can I buy this for this purpose? Like would this, sur-? and so this is that preemptive content that removes that, that question from either coming up and or preventing you from converting. So I love that, A, it's the right thing for this audience, but it also answers a question that is undoubtedly a top question when people are buying, you know, writing utensils, specifically pencils. Um, So I love this.
0: This is great. So Mining Reviews, we've got great imagery. We've got use of videos. They're really focused on the product and then the story and then connecting with with these various audiences. It's really... uh, really well done here. Well, some great content, uh, fresh content that we've looked at today as we uh, kind of start to close out here. Would love to hear any closing thoughts, what you're thinking about. We've got big topics on the horizon, retail media. We've got AI. We've got seasonal. Any thoughts you uh, that come to mind or that you want to share? Would love to hear
2: those i I would say the one thing we're, we're doing a lot of uh a lot of training and it's not just to it's not just p d p content but it expands to your your media and your product and so it's a like a multi p approach but we call it it's our smarter growth model but honestly it's just an enhancement on the on like you know what circana i r i and nielsen taught us in the old days about growth is a function of penetration baskets and trips but it's also okay, so if I'm talking to a specific audience, are they a repeat buyer? Are they a heavy buyer? Are they a lapsed buyer? Are they a new brand buyer, a new category buyer? And then tailoring a little bit of that content to some of that too, because it's not just the content from a, like, again, if I speak to everybody, I'm going to have certain things that would sell anyone on my product, but what might make me buy across a bundle or multiple solutions, right? And so um, it's it's almost saying what's for that skew, what's my priority growth objective and then designing the proposition across content, media and product around that so that you're actually driving that growth objective specifically. Because, again, I feel like a lot of brands are like, I'm driving growth, everything, every type of growth. You're like, <laughs> you know, like exactly. I, P&G always does a really nice job. I think of like wherever you are in like the Tide laundry detergent, they trade you up or over. Like yeah. All, yeah. On every skew, it's you're on the base one. You should go up, and when you're on here, you should go up again. And when you're here, you're yeah. Up. And there's always more right. room. Now yes. by downing unstoppables, yeah. right? Like so, it's, right? There's there's a there's a every skew has its own strategy, and thus the content ebbs a little bit with each one. So I that's like a again, those are like those next level things to do on your on your
1: content. I would say, and to pair with that, A/B testing of you know, how, you know, to make sure you're really driving that conversion. And so like making sure when you're making those small nuanced adjustments to the different SKU levels that you're testing it against, you know, the other one, the other SKUs that you have, as well as other content that maybe you previously had or creating iterations to making sure that you're really um, creating the best content for that product.
0: Well, love it. Well, really excited to be partnering with both of you and uh, Adrian to create some great content. We hope uh, together.
2: Yeah, of course. And
0: Chris to be sharing all these great insights. Uh, I learn so much every time I talk with you. So thank you both. Yeah, we and yeah, we get to geek out. So who doesn't like looking at some some content and uh, and geeking out? It's always always a blast and. Uh, love to have you both back. And thank you so much both for taking the time to uh, speak with me today.
2: You bet.
1: Thanks, Dave. Have a good one.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please visit our website at itsrapid.ai where you can find out more about creating e-commerce content and digital media at scale. And remember to subscribe to hear more great episodes of Beyond the Shelf. See you next time.